and welcome to the Bear Podcast. This is your host, Susan Hyatt. This is Season 2, Episode 7. The Bear Podcast is a show where we talk about your body and your life. If you've been listening all season long, then you know that in my world, we are not into dieting. We are not into gimmicky weight loss systems. We are not into body shaming. And we are not into negativity and shame, period. We are all about celebrating this one body and this one life that you've got. Thanks for being here because as usual, I'm so excited for today's episode. Here we go. Our first segment is called Big Questions, and I'm choosing a question from a client or from a woman in my Bear Daily membership community, and I'm answering it right here. Here's today's question. It comes from Anne. She writes, Susan, you have such amazing confidence. You have such a big, bright personality and you take such good care of your body. It's really inspiring. But do you ever have days where you look at your body and just feel not so great? Do you ever see yourself in a photo and think, yikes? Do you ever have days where you find yourself slipping back into old habits mindless snacking on junk food or whatever? Do I ever have days like that? The answer is yes, absolutely. Back in episode five of this season, I mentioned something that I call the body scale. And to refresh your memory, just imagine a chart, a horizontal line stretching left to right. And way over on the left, we've got body violence. That's a negative 10. Way over on the right, we've got body love. That's a plus 10. And then in the middle, We've got body neutrality. That's a zero. Most days, I'm feeling pretty close to body love, pretty close to that plus 10. Most days, I feel really powerful. I feel strong. I feel beautiful inside and out. And most days, I feel a lot of appreciation for my body. I feel grateful for my body. I love how I look and I love how I feel. But I'm not always at plus 10. Because I'm not a robot. I'm a human being and human beings have emotions and hormones and we get sick and we deal with stress in our lives. And sometimes unexpected stress, it comes out of nowhere. So no, I don't feel ecstatic about my body every single day. I have moments where I might typically drop down to a plus five on the body scale or even a zero or a negative two or negative three. I have days when I'm spinning with stress and I feel a strong urge to pull into the Wendy's drive through I have days when I toss a handful of leftover Halloween candy into my mouth and then another and another and pretty soon I'm like, yeah, I probably could have stopped. Oh, about three or four mini Snickers bars ago. I have days when I look at a photo of myself and I'm like, um, hmm, that's not my favorite photo of me. Delete. Listen, we're all human. Even the most confident woman on the planet is going to have moments of doubt, moments of self-criticism, moments where all of the mean, vicious voices of the past come creeping back in. But here's the thing. Are you having negative thoughts about your body constantly all day long to the point where it's disrupting your quality of life or just occasionally once in a while? And when negative thoughts arise in your mind, do you stay stuck there or can you shake it off and move on pretty quickly? I'll give you an example. 12 years ago, if I saw a photo of myself that I didn't like, it would literally ruin my entire week. I would feel intense shame. I would feel disgust. I would probably try to hide the photo or throw it in the trash. I might cry. I would think you're disgusting over and over and over. 
Honestly, I would do everything in my power to avoid having my photo taken in the first place because I hated seeing myself in photos so much. Whereas today, if I see a photo of myself that I don't especially love, I might experience a few seconds of negativity and self-criticism. I might think, ugh, like that's not the best angle or hmm, not really feeling that outfit. But it's just a few seconds of negativity. It's not hours and hours and days and days. And if it's a few seconds and then I can shake it off and move on with my day, I can self-coach myself out of that moment. It doesn't derail me. It doesn't wreck my mood. It's a momentary blip and then it's over. That's my goal for every client, for every woman. The goal is not that you're going to feel totally, completely in love with your body every second of every day. That's unrealistic because we're human and not robots. The goal is for you to feel really happy and comfortable and trust your body most of the time as often as possible. And then when you have a moment where your mind goes into an icky place, the goal is for you to pause and recognize it and do something about it as quickly as you can. Do something to change your thoughts, to change your mood, to get your day back on track. You can learn how to do this. And as you're learning, be kind to yourself and be patient and gentle and flexible. Nobody, not even supermodels, not even Olympic athletes, not even life coaches who specialize in body positivity like me, nobody feels 100% fabulous 100% of the time. That's an unrealistic expectation. Aim for good health, aim for positivity, accept a few dips and slumps and weird icky moments along the way because you are beautifully imperfectly human. Our next segment is called Tell Me Everything. And this is where I chat with an amazing woman that I love. And we have a conversation about food, feminism, fitness, sex, or something else I'm dying to talk about. And today we're talking with Myrna Valerio, the Myrnavator. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Welcome, the Myrnavator. Myrnavator. <laughs> Myrnavator. 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 <laughs> to the podcast thank you so much for being here i've already well, thank you for having me about what a big fan i am so um talk to me about i found you as you know from the rei commercial that you did that was so badass and it talked about um just being a woman in the outdoors running ultra marathons and having people tell you you don't belong here um, okay, so <laughs> I've, I've always been, to, you know, to kind of start from the beginning, I, I've always been the, the sort of person that, um, you know, as I said in one of my latest interviews, um, that just kind of sticks my ass in places where people think I don't belong, mm -hmm. you know, and that's uh, explicit or implicit, mm -hmm. and, and I just do my thing, and that's been the story of my life. Um, so... So, you know, when it comes to the outdoors, uh, historically, people who look like me in terms of my body type and my race um, have not always been welcomed in mm -hmm. outdoor spaces. And that, again, that's explicitly and implicitly. Mm -hmm. uh, most of it, for me, has been really an implicit thing where, where people, you know, they kind of look you up and down, you know, uh -huh. they give you the once over. And in their body language, they're expressing 
uh, well, what, why is she here? Or why is he here? Or, you know, what does she think she's doing here? Mm -hmm. Well, she mm -hmm. can't do this. And that, that you can tell a lot by people's body language and the, and the way that they relate to you and the way that they speak to you. Um, and, and all of those are like really kind of like soft things, like emotional things that, you know, that people call anecdotal, but it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like when you step into a space and you are immediately and you have that feeling, you get a vibe that, you know, you don't belong. So I get the vibe a lot, um, but less so nowadays, um, now that people know me and now that, you know, things are happening in the outdoor world where it's becoming a little bit more inclusive um, in, in terms of everything, in terms of, you know, size, um, race, gender, um, all those things. But but it's still, you know, surprising to some people when I, you know, I show up and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, who's she thinks she gonna do you know kind of I know exactly the kind of look that you're giving not because obviously not because I I experience a tremendous amount of privilege because I'm a white blonde lady but in terms of like male treatment when I have shown up in certain spaces where they're like what's this little girl think she's gonna do and it's like it doesn't even have to be spoken you just feel it right right exactly so how long have you been a runner I've actually been a runner since 1989, which uh, and for a lot of people is very surprising uh, because I get, um, a lot of people think that I'm an adult onset runner and I, I'm not. I actually started running when I was 13 in high school um, as a way of getting better at field hockey and lacrosse, both teams which I played varsity while, um, while I was in high school. Um, but I did go through a period of four years where I wasn't really running. You know, I'd run every now and then, um, but mostly I was uh, living a very stressed out existence <laughs> uh, with my very young son who at that point um, when I moved from New York to Maryland he was a year and a half old and I didn't have any family there and I had to drive everywhere which was a very very new thing for me mm -hmm. um, and again the life was very stressful and so you know I found myself um, just not uh, being in a healthy space mm -hmm. uh, mentally, physically spiritually whatever um, and so I um, so in 2008, when everything came to a head and I had this health scare, that's when I started running again. So really, I've been running since 1989 mm -hmm. uh, as a larger woman. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. And people are really surprised by that. You know, and it's an interesting discussion in the work that I do with Bear because um, part of my mission is to help educate people that size actually has nothing to do with health, actual health. And, you know, even within my own house, I mean, I'm constantly throwing my husband under the bus, but he's one of those people who would eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's a night, but is naturally thin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he can walk into a room and people assume that he's fit and someone who is slightly overweight or overweight could walk into a room and there's this assumption that you're not healthy because of your size and it's just not true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's always interesting to kind of hear people's perspectives about, uh, you know, what they think of me or what they, you know, or this, their assumption, like when I walk into a class or, or I sign up for some kind of hike, mm -hmm. um, the assumption is that number one, I've never hiked before. Number two, I've never done whatever it is. I've never been, you know, on a spin bike or mm -hmm. I've never, you know, taken a boot camp class or something like that. And those are things that I do all the time. I mm -hmm. a spin bike. Right, <laughs> I, right. You know, and, and I hike all the time. And I remember actually, actually a couple of years ago when I lived in New Jersey, 
And I signed up for this hike and I didn't, I didn't know the people, but I showed up. I wasn't wearing hiking boots, but I was wearing trail running shoes because mm -hmm. I, I hiked all the time in my trail running shoes. And I had all of my trail running gear. And this woman continued to assume that I didn't know what I was doing. She's like, well, do you have enough water? I was like, well, I have a, I have a camelback on <laughs> right, right. five miles. So yeah. And are, are you sure you have enough? food. I was like, well, I got a gel and I got a, a couple bars and stuff like that. And she kept coming at me with all these questions. Like, I was like, there are other people here who are, you know, are earned heads. Um, you can talk to them because I know what I'm doing. But, you know, but I think it was still like, you know, people have these habits that they, that they have um, around uh, assumptions that right. they've always made about people's fitness and their readiness and stuff. And so I was like, I'm good. And it turned out, we, we turned out actually to be friends. And she eventually invited me and my friend over to her house because I was like, I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I'm not wearing hiking boots because I prefer to hike in my trail running shoes. Look at the treads. Like, you know? Um, and so, so, and I, I don't get, I get annoyed, but I don't get discouraged by those things. And mm -hmm. I, I know how to deal with people's uh, distrust, mistrust, or, or their assumptions, because uh, mm -hmm. I have the language for it. I know not everybody does, but mm -hmm. I'm like, come at me. <laughs> right. So uh, talk to me about the language that you have for it, because I work with a lot of women coaching them to take up space right and you know to to go into the gym like you own the place right. and you know if the guys are man spreading all over the weight section um. <laughs> you claim your space you deserve to be there just like everybody else but it it takes um building up the mindset to do that and to tell yourself certain things to get over the intimidation that someone's going to look at you the way you mm -hmm. described or worse say something to you right that's rude. So what do you tell yourself or since 89, you know, what have you been telling yourself about your right to be there on that trail with all those other ultra runners? Um, I would, you know, uh, I think it comes with a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is, it's definitely a skill that some people um, have innately mm -hmm. um, to kind of assert themselves in different types of spaces and different types of uh, social situations. Um, uh, I definitely have, I, most, most of the time I've, I've just had the skill innately, but, I, but it does come with practice. And um, for example, going into a gym, I totally lady spread. Like, And I, and I do, and I put my stuff all over the place. And so that I know I'm staking a claim to my space. Um, but I, I think as, as far as going into a gym specifically, um, a lot of people are afraid to do that because I, sometimes they don't know how to use a machine. Sometimes, you know, they are worried about people looking at them and you know what? People are going to look at you. Mm -hmm. That is, it's, it's a fact of life. And I think once we get over that, cause I know people are looking at me and wondering why I'm there, but I'm like, I got work to do. Like if you have work to do, you need to do it. Um, and if you have a goal, you need to be working towards that goal, no matter what is going on on the outside. So it, it takes a lot of emotional energy in the beginning to kind of, to put your blinders on, put your headphones in, do your thing, know that people are watching you. Hey, okay, fine, look at my ass. I don't care. Um, you know, as long as, to look at. you know, as long as people aren't harassing you um, or or being unpleasant to you, I think that that is a perfect opportunity for you to just 
get into your own headspace and do your and do your work uh, because it is work, right? You know, you don't go into your job and and not work because people are looking at you or people are, are judging you because you have to do it, you know. And I and I feel like for me, fitness is my job. Like I have to take care of my body. I have to run a certain amount of day. I have to lift these weights. I have to do it. And if you're afraid of the machines, if you're afraid of going in because you think that people aren't gonna, uh, are looking at you because you don't know how to use machines, learn how to use machines. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> When you um, when you join a gym, you get that package, that intro package. Okay, you have an orientation for the machine. You have an orientation for this. Take advantage of it. That mm-hmm. stuff is there to help you. They're also trying to sell you on personal training and right. other things, which if that's what you want, sign up for it. And actually, I would say that if you have the money, if you have the resources to do personal training, absolutely, because you are going to learn so many things that are going to make you a badass in the gym, outside, at home, you're going to know how to do a proper push-up. You're going to know how to use all the machines. Um, and, you know, and that just makes it a lot easier for you to go in and, and assert yourself. Now, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I no, no, no. I'm loving every, <laughs> every single bit of it. So I love what you said about, like, it's work, like, you're there to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always like, I'm not here to make mm-hmm. friends really. Like I'm friendly with people, but mm-hmm. I'm there to, to work. And I had a woman just this morning at the gym, I had already run six miles, mm-hmm. which is nothing compared to the running you do, but that's, <laughs> that's what I do. And then I worked out with my trainer and then I was doing a little extra on my own. So I'm doing leg press heavy. Like this is the mm-hmm. very end of my workout. And this woman is like, smile. Ah. I was like, I'm not here to smile. Right? Like, don't tell a woman at the gym to smile. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me right now? And it's exactly what you were saying. Like, I'm here to work. I'm here to get a job done. Exactly. I once had, it was really funny. Um, I, um, one of my favorite gyms is Lifetime Athletic and, um, and I've worked with all different types of personal trainers, but I've also made sure that they know that, you know, that I'm a runner. I do ultra marathons. Um, I, you know, I'm doing it in my body and I'm okay with my body. Show me how to be stronger. Show me how to be a better runner. Show me this new exercise that I've been hearing about. And so, and at, and with the exception of one, people have been very like awesome and, and cool about that. But one time I used to go to this boot camp class and I would go three times a week and then I, um, I would run before the, the camp, the class, do the class, and then I would run after because I was also still training for marathons and stuff. And so the teacher came to me afterwards. He's like, you don't know how, you don't need to, to do all this. I was like, raw, I'm training for like two marathons. He's like, oh, oh, well, that's great. Keep, how can I help you? You know, so when you, when you let people know what you're about, what your goals are, um, you'll get support and then people won't bother you. <laughs> like, it's you true. Know, It's true. When you decide in your mind, like I said to my trainer six years ago, Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they had this package where they would like measure you and try to give you this advice from a dietitian and all this stuff. And I was like, listen, I'm not here for any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be measured. I'm not here to lose or shrink or do any of that bullshit. I'm here to get stronger. I'm a runner. Same deal. I'm a runner. Like this is add on, like make me stronger kind of thing. Like I'm not, I'm not weighing in every week. And like, as soon as I told them that they're like, cool. And now they're kind of coming over to the, the bright side, you know, asking me like, what do I tell my female client who's obsessed about this or obsessed about that? Like Mm -hmm. if the focus is shrinking, I'm out. Right. (laughs) So let's talk about, so you, so this REI commercial comes on the scene. Mm -hmm. And your star is rising, exploding. Um, talk about this National Geographic Award. 
Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so one of the filmmakers on the REI documentary, Jenny Nichols, submitted my name um, as a contender for the Adventure of the Year, and then there are, I think there are eight of us, eight or nine of us, mm -hmm. um, and and I was like, wait, wow, wait, like seriously, <laughs> like why? Would, me <laughs> i don't ice climb i don't i'm not a professional mountain climber uh, i don't win anything <laughs> <laughs> this is a great point like right you're, you're, you're not winning time on these ultras or wow. anything like that you're just showing up yeah, and so and so it was really uh, it was a, a huge surprise to me that they actually chose me to be in that in this uh, cohort for 2018. Um, but you know, more and more, I'm realizing that the I guess the message, and I you know, I never intended for this to be you know a big national international thing. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to run trails and I wanted to run and do marathons because I like doing that stuff and it and it feeds me. It, uh, in a way, uh, spiritually and, and emotionally and mentally in a way, obviously physically, that nothing else can do. And so I, and that's, I just want to share that with people, but, you know, you, I didn't realize how many people um, looked to me uh, as a role model um, and because I was just doing what I felt like I needed to do for myself. And I think that that is a message that has been um, probably the most important, like I just do what I need to do in my big black body. <laughs> um, but people were surprised by that. They were surprised to see me. And so, and I, so I think that's part of the reason the National Geographic thing came up um, was because uh, I think they realized that they needed more representation from other types of communities. Yeah. Uh, the non-extreme sports people. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I want to learn how to do all those things. <laughs> and I will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that the larger message was one of inclusivity and uh, body positivity. It just, I was almost tearing up listening to you talk because, you know, like I am, I am for sure like one of the slowest runners. I'm not the most coordinated individual <laughs> in the world. You know, I'm not like, even within my world of being a coach mm -hmm. and a writer and a speaker, there are people, you know, way more talented than me, but I show up because it feeds me mm -hmm. and like it's such a powerful message that like our culture is so obsessed with you know being the fastest bestest richest right. skinniest like whatever and it's like no like show up and do what you love and then everything the whole sky will open up for you so it just delights me to no end to see you out there shining and getting these awards and you know, just raising awareness for all of us who are doing this kind of work and for all the women. I mean, let me tell you, like all the women in my bear community know who you are because I'm always in there <laughs> talking about you, but like you have so many women cheering you on. Mm. Um, and so this National Geographic thing is huge. So, so what's next for you? What's next? Um, <laughs> a lot of things. I'm actually uh, leaving education, leaving formal education uh, in June. So mm -hmm. I'll be moving uh, back up north, uh, close to home. My home is New York City, but uh, I'm probably going to move to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on a second book. I've got a documentary project that I'm working on. Um, I've got a lot of uh, different 
projects that I'm doing with various uh, companies mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and contracts. <laughs> so, with the, which is a great thing. Contracts and, and um, deposits. That's yes, really exciting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I've got a lot of speaking engagements uh, scheduled for. I've actually booked until January, which is really really cool um, for cool. me because I've never, you know, I am just now stepping into this uh, entrepreneurial role. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurial. <laughs> I'm like mispronouncing Mernivator and you're got, we got to teach you how to say entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial because it has not been a part of my vocabulary, you see. So, but now it suddenly is. And so, um, so I'm, you know, the learning curve is uh, really great right now. I'm mm -hmm. learning so much about, you know, kind of putting myself out there and I've had great practice and the last three years with all of the sort of public attention I've gotten. So, uh, so yeah, I'm doing that and uh, yeah. My my boy, my uh, my son is going to actually stay down here in Georgia, and be a boarder at the school that I I'm, that I'm teaching at now. So uh, so that'll wow. be a little yeah. So I'm really excited and uh, and just uh, amazed at the generosity of my school. They've been incredible, and um, and so yeah. So I'm gonna try to just kind of spread my wings and fly and, and create new opportunities um do more speaking do more writing and uh and just continue on this trajectory of of trying to inspire people motivate people um encouraging creating a whole new class of inspirers and motivational people um yeah so i'm really excited i'm here for it i'm here for all of it I'm so <laughs> delighted. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you've got like a classroom waiting on you. <laughs> so I appreciate you. And if people want to find you and follow you, we're going to put all of your details below. But what's the best place that you recommend that people reach out? Find there, I mean, there's so many best places. <laughs> uh, Instagram is probably, I, I mean, my top place right now in terms of all my social media channels. I'm at The Mernivator on Instagram, and I'm also on Twitter with the same name. You can find me on Facebook, The Mernivator. Um, all those places you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. You're awesome. And we're finishing up with the segment that I call Bear Victories. This is where I share some posts, emails, and texts from women in my community to say congratulations and yay! Here's our Bear Victory today. Nicole posted a couple of beautiful photos of her finishing a 50-mile race. And she says, I'll play. This was my make-a-scene moment. I effing showed up for myself day after day to train for a race that felt like redemption. I dislike race photos. Always have because they are just never what I hope for. Anyhow, I'll post them anyhow. About mile 35 and mile 50 at the finish, I cried for lots of reasons. I went to this race alone with zero support because I had something to prove to myself. And I did. This was my first long training run of the year, a stepping stone for my major make a scene coming up this September. Stay tuned. The scene isn't over. Congratulations, Nicole. A 50 mile race. Holy Moses. Baby. 
And that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Bear Podcast. I hope I'll see your lovely face inside Bear Daily. Just Google Bear Daily to see all the info about this amazing community and everything that's included in your membership. Literally every time that I log into Bear Daily, I am astounded by what our members are doing. Bear Daily members are transforming their eating habits. Members are hitting the gym, the yoga mat, the hiking trail. They're decluttering their closets and totally revamping their style. They're shedding physical weight, and also, even more importantly, they're shedding tons of emotional weight. There's so much energy, so much positivity, so much optimism inside Bear Daily. Women are getting major results, major physical and emotional transformations. It's freaking awesome to see. I hope you'll get yourself a one-month membership to try things out and see what Bear Daily is all about. And... We have two more episodes of this season, and then I'll see you in season three of the podcast when that's released. Thanks for listening. And remember, you only get one body, give it love. You only get one life, make it count.